I'd like to take a minute to talk about one of our sponsors, Parker Sporlin and Thermostatic Expansion Valves. How can you guys always have the right thermostatic expansion valve for the right application without having to carry hundreds of valves in your truck? Well, that's simple. Using Sporlin's interchangeable cartridge-style valves. The Q valve for conventional and the BQ valve for balance port. It, it, it's as easy as one, two, three. It serves thousands of unique applications. So one, you just select a thermostatic element for your application. Two, you select the body style you need. Three, you select the right size cartridge for the application. These easy to select and assemble valves mean you always have the right valve for the job on your truck. For more information on the Q and BQ valves, visit Sporlin.com. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the episode. We've all been there, in the middle of a job, everything going smoothly, until boom, you're missing a part. United Refrigeration is your one-stop shop for all your refrigeration needs. Use your computer or smartphone to go to www.uri.com at any time of day or night to check stock on your favorite brands, such as Copeland, Sporlin, Carlisle Compressors, Danfoss, Emerson CPC Boards and Sensors, Carell, Hussman Parts, and Ketotherm. United Refrigeration, Inc. is home to these brands and many more. Looking for information on refrigerant conversions or refrigerant banking? Quick access links on the homepage can get you to the information you need. All approved accounts are able to see live to the minute inventory and pricing. Product not in stock at your local branch? No problem. Use the nearby stock feature to find a local branch that does have what you need. Are you looking for a branch address, phone number, or after-hours number? That's all available as well. Just click on the branch locator and search for your local branch. Have a model number and looking for a replacement part? www.uri.com forward slash ARP has a vast list of quick pick replacement parts. Just search for the model number of the equipment you're working on and click the replacement parts tab. If you don't have an account, Click the register button and we'll have you online in no time. With more than 400 locations in North America, each United Refrigeration branch is fully stocked for immediate pickup. Our branch employees have in-depth technical knowledge so we can help you get what you need when you need it. Visit your local store or www.uri.com forward slash ARP today. United Refrigeration Inc has all your solutions down cold. It ain't got no gas in it. You see there, Scooter? Things are the simplest things first.
How we doing, everybody, and welcome to Advanced Refrigeration Podcast. You're here with your host, Brett Wetzel and Kevin Compass. What's going on today, man? Oh, nothing much. Uh, just in, uh, enjoying the warm weather out here, and uh, you know, since we're both in Florida. So uh, today we're going to do something a little different. We're going to go over uh, soft skills, basically. A, a soft skill that I think is important. <clears throat> Not so much a tactical thing, but... We're going to go over time management and how to be more efficient with your time management. So what I consider time management is uh, how you actually manage your time, how you actually perform a job, how you actually get everything ready to perform a job, and actually performing the job. So what I want to go over today is how to increase efficiency. So this goes a, a couple ways. So when you're more efficient, you're more profitable. When you're more profitable, you can make more money. You know, when you make when you make the company more money, you get to make more money. So this is how I teach time management, and I I go about things. So time management. This could be anything from the way you set up your van to cleaning your van to the way you set up you know performing jobs, compressor changeouts. Uh, evaporator changeouts, you know, case cleanings, whatever you do. I mean, when I go about this, I, I think I'm a very efficient person when, I, when I'm working, the way I set everything up. And I've been, you know, working more and more towards this and showing other people this. So just about everything in my van is set up for specific jobs. Meaning, so I have my van divided up and... I will have a vacuum kit. So say I'm going to pull a vacuum somewhere. I have an entire vacuum kit, meaning I have a pack out with my blue vac hoses set up in there. I have another pack out on top with Schrader cores, pullers, my vacuum gauge, uh, extra caps, extra cores, all that stuff. So I could just literally grab that pack out and... I have all my vacuum stuff in it. So I'm not running back down to the truck five times to go get this. I'm not looking for a Schrader core that I dropped. I have, you know, a hundred in there. I'm not looking for caps that I dropped. I mean, I have brand new caps in there. And then I just grab a vacuum pump. I mean, if I'm doing, you know, pipe fitting, I have an entire just pipe fitting bag. You know, I have all my pipe fitting tools in there. So I have all my cutters, all my, you know, measuring tools. I mean, Everything is in there and is divided in the van into specific things. So, like, I have a compressor changeout rig. So, if I'm doing a compressor changeout, I have an entire packout box with pulleys, clevises, eyelets, lifting uh, straps, uh, mini come-alongs, uh, chains. I have everything you could need to change a compressor out in that packout. So, all I do is walk to the van, grab the packout, throw it on my cart, and away I go. My entire van has been, you know, set up like this. So it allows me to grab kits and divide things into kits in order to efficiently and effectively do these jobs. And I'm not looking for things. I mean, so much time is wasted on jobs for guys look at things, going back to the van five times. I mean, that, that, that is little ways you could, you know, improve to get that. I mean, Brett, what do you think? No, I did the same thing. You know, the only thing is like, you know, when you start doing that, you know, after a job, you know, you, you do tend to spend a little bit more time, 
you know, making sure it's reorganized because otherwise, you know, everything just gets tossed back in because, I mean, you know, as well as I do, being a service tech, being a startup tech, you know, you're trying to get, you know, especially in the summertime, you're trying to get that stuff in, out, done, and then on to the next call. And you know, as well as I have, and I've seen pictures of your van, you know, at the end of the week, the end of the job, you know, you got some organization to do for the next week. So not, I mean, my van never gets like that, really. I mean, here's the thing. Here's my philosophy on that. I get paid to take this stuff out of my van and I get paid to put it back. Agreed. So I'm going to do it on their time. I'm going to put everything back on their time because why am I going to clean my van and put everything back on my time? I mean, I'm getting paid to put everything back, so I might as well put it back where it goes. So I'm like kind of a psychopath at that. Like, I mean, everything has its place. My van is probably overly done. I mean, every tool has a place. Everything's been, you know, tool hangers everywhere, but in the same sense, like setting it up and just cleaning it up and putting it away, you know, 30 minutes at the end of the day prepping saves two hours in the morning. So like, I mean, cause I, I've seen different picture, pictures on, on different sites and stuff. So like you even have packouts for your, you know, like let's just say your pipe wrenches. I don't have packouts for my pipe wrenches. I mean, I don't, I don't go that far, but like, so like I have a packout for electrical kit. Mm-hmm. So I have a packout set up for basically doing, what I call new rack electrical work, like meaning I'm adding a circuit or I'm adding terminal blocks or I'm cutting in uh, solenoids. Like I have everything in there from reducing rings to switches to uh, all the uh, hardware I'm going to need, lights. Like everything is set up in there. So if I'm adding a circuit to a new rack, I could grab his pack out or if I'm, you know, tying in something new, I can grab his pack out. It literally has everything from terminal blocks to terminal block ends. I mean, everything is in this kit. I grab it, I walk in the store, I can knock the new circuit out real quick, and I'm done. Or I have a pack out with just electrical fittings, like spades. Everything's in there. I can just grab that, walk in, and go. So you're talking about saving time. I mean, so like even for an apprentice, because like I know like you being in the field for you know the, you know, the amount of years you've been in there, like on a service call, you know you probably only take minimal stuff. Or do you take you take your whole damn bag in there with you? Uh, so what I've done, and I just started doing this two years ago. I have two tool bags. I have a bag that I use for, I call my general bag. Like if I'm doing a compressor change out or I'm doing startup, I'm going to have that bag. It's got all my main tools in it. Okay. Then I have like a throw over shoulder veto bag, like a TP4 that I, that I throw, you know, it has a six in one, uh, amp clamp, uh, fluke amp clamp meter, you know, basic pliers, some wrenches, stuff to do like a general service call. I could change a fan motor out with it. I could diagnose an oil pressure issue. Like I carry two field piece pressure transducers in it and two te- uh, testo temp clamps. So I could set super heat with it. I could, it, it is a general bag. It is probably more than most guys carry, but on a, on a general service call, like, but I throw it over my shoulder. It's 15 pounds and that's what I'll walk in the store with. See, I'm lazy. I'll, like, I'll carry just, you know, a wrench, service wrench, uh, you know, 11-1, 6-1, whatever you want to say, you know, and, uh, and basically just, you know, it's my diagnostic bag. It's basically big enough just to fit on my, you know, fit on my hip. Go in there, figure out, you know, the, what, I, what I'm going to need. Because if, you know, eventually you're going to need some sort of part or something, right? So you're going to go back out to your truck at that point. Okay, I know I'm changing out a fan motor, so I'm going to need this, 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 this. You know what I mean? 
And that's, I mean, that was the way I was taught. Like, you know, the guy that taught me refrigeration was like, you know, go in there real light, figure out exactly what you need, then come out and, you know, grab your tools and, and the rest of your, you know, the rest of your parts you're going to need. I mean, it also depends what I'm working on. Am I looking at an oil fail that we've been there four times for? No, I'm going to bring my, I'm going to bring my general bag in and I'm going to bring a bunch of my tools in it just at once on my yeah. cart. I got you. It just depends. If I'm going to look at a case running warm, yeah, I'll just grab that bag because it's only, or I, it's only like 10 pounds, so I, I don't really care. I'll just grab the bag real quick. I mean, it, it. I used to just grab a couple tools, but then I find myself going back to the van for no reason. You know, I'm going back to the van to grab meter now. Or I'm going back to the van to grab, you know, uh, a 916 wrench. Well, I just wasted 10 minutes so of time. Yeah, it doesn't seem like much, and if you're building a customer for it, it's fine. But at the same time, when you're more efficient, you can spend more time I'm diagnosing and looking at the whole problem than walking to the van and you're, you're getting more value out of it. You're able to spend more time on the actual issue and then seeing other issues. So there may be more issues than just that. And you're able to find more work that way and you're able to do it more efficiently. But like, so like, and then for example, when I go into a service call, like we don't use grocery carts in Chicago at all. Like it's been, the, the the big circle banded from everybody and then it just slowly trickled down. Yeah. So a lot of guys hated it at first. I love it. I love having a service cart. Like I hated it at first, but I find that working off a service cart is a thousand times more efficient. See, my problem with that is like that it actually ended up becoming like a junk drawer. It, like, it does. <laughs> we're basically, you know, like, well, shit, I got some extra stuff in my pocket. I'm going to take it out. I'm going to throw it on the cart. I'll put it away later. I'll put it away later. I'll put it away later. And like I, I've seen sometimes like, so I had a metal cart that I was just, you know, basically strapped to the side, had stuff hanging from it. I even had a damn cup holder on it. But, you know, like I, I like I said, I found myself storing stuff. Now I do know they make some folding, uh, folding carts, um, you know, so you're less likely to do that because you're basically folding it up each time to put it away, right? So I use, I have the folding cart too. So I take the folding cart on the roof. So I have this folding cart off Amazon. It's like a three-tier cart. So we use that. Actually, an apprentice showed me this. And we're using that on the roof. So if I'm going on the roof and I say I got a huge job to do, I will take that three-tier folding cart. I will use that or I use the wagon. So I have a collapsible, like, wagon from Walmart in my truck for, like, 40 bucks. Okay. Best 40 bucks I ever spent. Um, I'll use that wagon all the time on the roof. It'll go right over gas lines. I could throw a compressor in there, my torches, my vacuum pump, all my tools in there if I'm doing a rooftop job. I get everything on the roof at once. I throw everything in there. Okay, I go to do the job at the rack or the rooftop. Now, this is where the time management thing comes in. So, okay, I get everything over there. Now I'm doing it. I got the gas out of the unit. I start to repair. I start pulling a vacuum. Okay, now I'm not pulling through my gauges anymore because that is the biggest time waste out there. I'm using dedicated vacuum hoses, and that's speeding up the process. Well, while this is happening, I'm slowly taking things back downstairs. So every time I'm done with the job and I'm waiting for something to cool off or I'm waiting for something to pull a vacuum, I am taking components and stuff back downstairs. I'm taking the compressor down. I'm taking the, the recovery machine down. So, like, I man, I, I, I'm right on the same page with you. The only thing, like, I'm always a worry, a worry war where, like, basically 
if I take my torches down, Murphy's Law says that I'm going to end up having a leak. You know well, what I mean? see, you never take the torches down. because you end up, <laughs> the, to- the torches go down when the unit starts back up. Because if you take the torches down, you're you're gonna get screwed. Yeah. It's just the way it's just it's the way it always falls. It's Murphy's law, man. It, it happens every single time. We're like, oh no, I checked that joint. No, we're good. We're good. No, no, we're not. You know. I mean, so yeah, leave the torches up there till you're you're ready. Till you're ready. <laughs> you know, you have a good vacuum. But like just bringing things down as you're done with them, like that, I find that to be a huge time savings. I watch guys and apprentices do this all the time. They'll wait till they're done. They'll, you know, say they're working on a rooftop unit. They put a compressor in. They get it all started up. They, they get it all charged up. Now at the end of the job, they have this huge mess to clean up. It takes them an hour to clean everything up and get everything back down. When in all reality, it could have taken them 15 minutes to clean up and get out of there because they would have already had everything down. Yeah. Now another big time-saving thing is I will carry a rope with a pulley, okay? And I hook the pulley with a with a clevis or a uh, clip around the roof hatch lock and I will use that to rope things up I'll use the pulley so I'll pull everything up with the pulley because it reduces the amount of work you need to do when you're pulling things up yeah I mean just be gentle on the roof hatch I mean if you see it don't be lifting a 120 pound compressor up with it but like if you're lifting your vacuum pump your torches I mean you could pull that up so much faster with this pulley and it's safer because you're not lifting it straight up and on your back. You're, you're pulling down with this. And if you have an apprentice downstairs or somebody else downstairs with you, it's even better because they could be pulling down and everything's going up. And yeah. you're, using, you're using the full force of that pulley to make your job easier. Jeremy Smith taught me this. I mean, they, watching him do this with the pulleys and stuff, like until I fully learned this and actually went through it, it is so much easier using pulleys, blocking pulleys to do stuff. Like, I mean, it's the most underrated thing in our trade is rope and pulleys. Your life is so much easier once you learn this, how to manipulate pulleys and ropes to, to actually do, to do lifting. I mean, getting all that stuff up there, it, it goes quick. And then the other thing is, like a lot of guys I work with, we have meat hooks. Mm-hmm. We got, so at the end of the ropes, we have a meat hook on there. Yeah. So that meat hook, most of the time, I could f- if I set everything up on the ground, I could fish my stuff up. I can grab the recovery machine with it. I could grab the, the torches with it. I can grab my tool bag with it, my lifting gear with it. And that way you could just be up on the roof and just, you know, be fishing, legitimately like a fishing for your tools. You know yeah. what I mean? Hooking it up through there. No, I get it. I mean, so, and, and you can you can adapt stuff too. I mean, you could basically, you know, if, you, if your reclaimer wouldn't be something that you could easily do, you know, you could hook something on it like, you know, some sort of strap on there that you're going to use to hook up to it, you know, so you can fish everything up all at one shot instead of having to go down back downstairs. You know, I usually when I have a rope, you know, I, it's double the size. So basically I can, uh, you know, at the very, very end, you know, I can tie something up on one end, tie something up on one end, and then basically lower both down so I don't have to go up and down because, that, I mean, that's a killer, man. That's exhausting, especially, you know, if you've been up at, uh, you know, one of these roofs called Shamamishman. Um, you know, they, they basically, that's usually three stories. The ladder's exhausting going up and, you know, so being able to do that is just incredibly easy. Yeah. I mean, using the rope and pulleys are a killer time saving and then just getting everything up and down the roof efficiently. I find more time is wasted getting things up and down the roof efficiently and getting things across the roof efficiently. That's where like the, the wagon comes in mm-hmm. and, or the three tier cart. I mean, it just depends what I'm doing when I'm bringing it up. If I'm working on a rooftop unit and it's super far away, I'm going to bring the wagon. 
I'm going to throw everything in the wagon. The wagon, the wagon handles the roof a lot better. And in the wintertime, I have a sled. I just take one of my, what would be one of my kids' sleds or an uh, ice fishing sled. We take an ice fishing sled, we throw everything in there, and we use that to uh, transport stuff across the roof. I had, a boss, I had a boss get mad at me the one year because I, I bought a sled. You know, I was at Home Depot buying a whole bunch of stuff. We were doing a heat exchanger on a Munther's unit, which I don't know if you've ever seen them. They're, yeah. Not only they're stainless, but they're, they're huge. freaking heavy as hell. I mean, because they, they are huge. So I bought a sled and I put it on the Home Depot receipt. He's like, man, I'm not buying toys, you know, toys for your kid. And then I, you know, showed him the picture of basically putting the heat exchanger on this thing to yank it across the roof because it was in Connecticut. And, then, you know, basically you're dealing with nut high snow on the roof, you know. I mean, we've, we've put a six-cylinder Bitzer compressor on an, on an ice fishing sled. And uh, two, uh, two apprentices uh, were, able to pull, were, able to pull the, uh, were able to pull the sled across the roof with me. And uh, it worked, worked perfect. So we used that ice fishing sled to, to move everything across the roof. I mean, and it worked good. So, I mean, just, just use your brain. And, I mean, it, it's always easier the, the more you – you know, get, you get used to this and start doing it and managing your time better, like finding little things to do these jobs. Like, just so can we get back to the service cart? Yeah, I end up throwing a bunch of stuff on my cart too. I mean, it ends up being, a, you know, a trash collector, but you got to be good about cleaning it up, keeping it clean. Because I'll tell you this, there's nothing worse than that thing tipping over in the parking <laughs> lot. And it happened to me like two months ago, and I'm talking that thing had the most crap on it because we were busy. So... I was going from, I was probably doing two or three K startups a day at different stores. So I had stuff all over it. I hit a pothole and that thing went over and I have probably not cursed that much in a long time. And it was snowing and I'm trying to find everything in the snow. So, and it's all stuff that you like, you put in there and you put in your pockets for a reason, like, you know, like random fuses and shit that you pulled off that you found that you're like, I'm going to use that. And then all of a sudden, you know, now that big, you know, storage thing that was in the back of your van is either a in the back of your van laid over. Um, you know, one of the best things that I've used and collected over the years is, you know, if anyone's ever done construction, when Hill Phoenix sends out their cases, they have these black, uh, you know, pull straps that they use to basically secure the cases either together or, you know, against the, the, the trailer and the tractor trailer. And I probably have I'm no lying, probably 60 of those things because either hanging hanging hoses, hanging refrigeration uh, hoses, hanging gauges, uh, keeping everything strapped in, parts, like even with, like, when, you know, when I was in a truck, you know, with doing the, uh, doing service work, basically I had all these, you know, Tupperware bins that were basically, you know, that had housed all my parts and would strap across just to make sure none of that shit would come sliding out because that's the worst. My, you know, my, my van, you know, I can't stand when you have shit shaking around in the back. So that was one, one pet peeve of mine. So everything was strapped down. So I didn't have to hear it while I was driving. So on, on the actual cart, like, so my cart is set up how I, I do work. So I have, you know, a pack out plate strapped to the front of it. And I have too many pack outs in the front. So I keep general stuff in there, electrical connectors, um, screws, uh, five sixteen self tappers, quarter self tappers, stuff that you like, okay, I don't have to run back to the van to get a screw. It's already on the cart. I'll keep, uh, you know, TXV screens in there that are already cleaned that I'll have. So that way, well, I'm not going back to the cart. I'm not going back to the truck to grab a thing of degreaser. I already have a clean screen on the cart. I could swap it out. Boom, I'm done. I'll clean the screen later, and I'm good to go. Or 
all my like brass fittings are in there, quarter flare, uh, Schrader caps, Schrader cores, like basic stuff that we use all the time. I keep in the cart on the two packouts. Now this is where it's nice. So say I'm setting my cart up, I have the packout plate on there. So if I'm going to do a job, say I'm going to do an evacuation and I have to grab all my stuff and I'm putting everything in my cart. So I will actually stack packouts on the front of the cart. So I'll clip pack out to the front of it. So then I can fit everything on the cart more efficiently. I can fit the recovery machine. I can fit the vacuum pump on the bottom. I can fit my torches on the top. I have my vacuum kit hanging off the front. I have any electrical kits hanging off the front if I need to. I've had it three pack outs wide on the front. As long as there's enough weight in the back, you're fine. Now, this allows you to bring everything in at once, everything efficiently, and then you can set the job up efficiently for what you're going to do. It's all about pre-planning. What am I doing today? Uh, okay, I'm, I'm going to need my vacuum kit. I'm going to need my recovery machine. I'm going to need some cores. I'm going to need these parts I'm going to put in, my torches, um, and then all set up, and then you have your cart all set up. Um, depending on the cart, uh, I buy these Amazon carts. They're uh, like Suncast, I think they are. They're probably the best carts I've ever found. Um, they handle the weight the best. They're manufactured, like, really good. The wheels on them are tough, so that's what I use. They make the folding cart, too. Um, that works out real good. Now let's talk about the van setup. So Brett talked about, okay, setting everything up with Tupperware containers. Mine's the same exact way. So I have all my parts set up on the shelves, and everything is labeled. This is, a little, this is where the OCD comes in a little bit. So Love I it. set my truck up so I can send an apprentice down that I'm working with, hey, Go get this third shelf. Look for the labeled bucket. You know, it, everything is labeled. So, I, I mean, I can send a guy down to go get something out of my truck, and he's not looking for it. That's my big thing. So, uh, how are you with um, saving stuff? Like, cause I, like, when I was out in the field, like, if we, we demoed an old rooftop unit, we demoed an old case, we demoed, you know what I mean? No matter what we demoed, I'm like, I'm out there at the scrap pile just picking shit off. I'm like, oh, dude, fuse block, I'm going to use that. It, oh, it, fuses, I'm going to use that. It, it, it honestly depends what it is. Like, if it's some, um, like, off-the-wall stuff that, like, uh, you know, boards, if I'm taking the rack out, yeah, I'm going to scrap the boards out of it because we're going to use them on construction or there's going to be a time that somebody leaves a door open on a rack on the roof and everything gets wet and at two o'clock in the morning I have all the boards yeah so like stuff like that but I'm not taking case fan motors brackets I'm not taking stuff like that I'm not I'm not scrapping out fuse blocks I'm not taking electrical components like that like fuse blocks I'll take because I've been screwed too many times where you have one burn up and you can't get that particular one especially like the like the ones that they use for the VFDs the the slow I've, I've never had that problem yeah like well, I, you're in a bigger city. I so mean, yeah, I'm in a I, city. So generally by us, like for some reason, Granger always has fuse blocks and fuses yeah. by us. So All like right. I never really save electrical components like that, but like other stuff, like I may save some. I used to work with this old guy. I mean, he would call it save your ass parts. This guy would save every single thing. He'd be saving TXV parts. He, he must have had, like, 40 valves in the back of his truck that he changed out that no. he would just grab parts off of. Like, the man had two buckets that had to have weighed 90 pounds of brass. <laughs> I mean, he had every brass fitting you could ever need, but he's been saving them for 35 years. It's, re- it's his retirement bucket. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
he called them save your ass parts. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I get it. And like, it sucked because like whenever, whenever we did inventory, like I, I, would, I would mark like the save your ass Tupperware containers with yellow tape. And I'm like, okay. Do you, not touch. Yeah, you can inventory everything because they'll see it and they're like, well, this is trash. We don't have a part number for this. And all of a sudden it starts getting tossed. I'm like, no, 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 no. Trash is treasure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so basically anything with yellow, don't touch, you know, just let me deal with that inventory, all the rest. Today's episode is sponsored by the new Reefer Shield Differential Pressure Monitor from Westermeyer Industries. When the filter element of your coalescing oil separator is contaminated, it can hurt your system's performance and efficiency. But how do you know when it's time to replace that filter? Way too long to replace and you could end up with a nasty filter blowout. But replacing too often can be a waste of time and money. The answer is installing a differential pressure monitor. The new Reefer Shield RDP-01 Differential Pressure Monitor is available now from Westermeyer Industries. To find out more information, email sales at westermeyerind.com. That's sales at westermeyerind.com. So the way, like back to the way I set my van up. So like I will set up everything in Tupperware containers with labels on them. So like I will have a thing of contactors. This contactor, this bin is 115 volt contactors. This bin is 208 contactors. This bin is 24 volt contactors. This bin is relays. This bin is time delays. Like I will set everything up like that. And then I have a, uh, I will have other bins on the other side. Okay. This is power heads. This is, uh, this is my spare fan motors and voltage. I'll set them up. So that way these guys can look in the van and just grab this if, if, if it's not me going there. So we're not wasting 10 minutes looking through my van, looking for stuff. And then I actually took my van's a little bit much, but I took pack out plates and I mounted them on slides. So I could, so the back sides of my van, the back shelf where stuff always falls out, there's pack out plates blocking it. So you could grab the pack out plates, slide them back. Okay. And then all my ball valves are behind there. All my uh, solenoid valves are behind there. And on the other side, my evacuation kit's behind it. And then on the packout slides, I have my heavy tools. I'll have uh, my brass fittings and recovery packout. So I have an entire packout with just brass fittings, recovery stuff. Like, How many packouts do you think you actually own? Probably like 30. Jesus. But I got a screaming deal on them. <laughs> so you got to watch on Black Friday. Like the Milwaukee guys in there, you can get killer deals. But like... I, I built them up over time. I mean, and to be honest, they were worth every penny because they, they make your job so much easier. Yeah, if they're saving you time, they're making you more valuable because you're being more efficient with your job, which means you can hammer out more calls, which means, you know, your boss will pay you more. And to be honest, there's a certain customer that orders compressors from a cer certain supply house, and that certain supply house throws a pack out with every compressor you order. Oh, damn. Which I'm not gonna say it because I don't want I don't like to say who it is because uh, I don't want it to stop. You know your inbox is gonna blow up after this after yeah. this podcast gets released. And the the, the the customer orders the compressor, so it has nothing to do with the contractor. So, <laughs> but uh, so like I will set up my evacuation kit. Now this is something that like it took me a little bit of time to build up. So I have a pack out with my evacuation kit. Now in that evacuation kit, I have. Um, no hoses in there, but what I keep is a ton of brass fittings. So I have quarter inch to uh, three eighths unions, so flare to flare unions. I have three eighths to half inch flare to flare unions. I have half inch to five eighths flare to flare unions. I have a ton of brass fittings like uh, MP uh, male pipe thread, 
to flare fittings because you never know when you're going to you know, need to thread something in. I have a ton of hose adapters. I have like 10 or 12 tank adapters, you know, three-eighths and quarter-inch tank adapters. I have these uh, Appian makes these Speedwise, which they are great. If you haven't checked them out yet, check them out. Appian has them. Uh, I think True Tech Tools is the only place I've seen them. But they're Speedwise, so they, it's, a, it's a Y, but it, it'll go three-eighths, three-eighths, three-eighths. So two male three-eighths down to uh, female three-eighths. They have a half-inch uh, female to two three-eighths, and they have a quarter-inch to two three-eighths. So this allows you to use bigger hoses and pull from multiple spots. You know what? I've, I've seen those at United. I know what you're talking about. They're, they're, uh, they used to be plastic, right? And then they, they turn them to their metal now? No, no. These are brand new. These are just straight metal. They're, spe- oh, okay. they're speed-wise. Okay. They, they're actual... Uh, it's a aluminum block that they uh, put on. And then I also have an air compressor block. It's a, made for an air compressor like a tool distribu- distributor. Yeah. So I will take... I have three-eighths taps on there and, ha- and a half-inch tap. So I could pull six three-eighths taps... At once, so if I'm recovering a rack or if I'm doing a condenser and I'm pulling from multiple spots, yeah, I'll bump it up to three eighths hoses and then I'll I'll put core pullers on and I'll pull and I'll, I'll adapt the core pullers to uh, quarter inch to three eighths with with uh, flare unions, and I'll be able to pull off three eighths hoses. Yeah, it's a quarter inch it's a quarter inch core puller, but I'm pulling all that volume from the hose. Yeah, so I had that all set up. So that evacuation kit, I mean, that thing saves time, but at the same time, I bring that in the store. I'm not looking for an oddball fitting. I have it already, and I keep it stocked up. So um, one thing I found, like CO2 racks, all these guys are wasting all this time pulling vacuums when the manufacturer gives them a bunch of quarter-inch ports. There's no 3 8 ports. Yeah. Okay? I pull the reliefs. Oh, really? I pull the reliefs out. I thread in a half-inch MPT to half-inch flare fitting, and now I'm pulling vacuums off that. I have saved so much time on jobs just doing that. I mean, we're, we're getting vacuums done in half the amount of time that other guys are because we're pulling off half-inch ports now instead of quarter-inch ports. It's just stuff like that that saves time, you know, looking ahead. Okay, I could pull its relief out because I have this brass kit here. I already have all these fittings in here, and everything's ready. I have this relief kit. I could use, okay, I'm going to go to my, my kit. I'm going to grab a half-inch fitting, throw it in there. Now I'm pulling a vacuum in half the amount of time. Or, like, I'm pulling off of, for example, we did a Tyler rack the other day. They had a five-eighths fitting, flare fitting on the on the receiver. Oh wow! But the, all of them do. They have a five-eighths flare on the receiver and the suction header. Okay. Okay. That nobody uses it because they don't have an adapter. Well, in my uh, kit, I got a five-eighths to half-inch adapter. So now I'm flying away. I'm pulling all the gas out in you know half the amount of time that somebody else would because they're using a three-eighths tap on the back of the rack. I'm using a five-eighths tap. Yeah, and remember, like, you know, your flow is also affected by, you know, other things. So, like, if you have a, um, you know, a service, val- a service valve fitting that has a Schrader in there, pull the Schrader. If it has if it has threads in it, it actually pulls slower than one that, you know, doesn't have a, a, the fittings in there for a Schrader. So, anything that you can do to basically reduce that time with that vacuum is, is just extremely helpful. Like, you know, someone didn't actually believe me. They, they were filling up a rack. I told him to take the three or four cans, you know, put it in downstairs. And, you know, he was on there for probably about a good 40 minutes metering the refrigerant through, through a Schrader. And I'm like, how much, you know, how much did you get in? Cause I'm waiting upstairs, you know, to see the receiver level. He's like, I haven't got the first can. And I'm like, pull the damn Schrader. 
Like it, it's it's a no brainer. It, 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 it you know you can fit a tank of gas in and probably two minutes, three minutes, depending on if it's a low or medium temp rack, you know, if you take out that damn Schrader. I pull the Schraders every time. I mean, if you're pulling a vacuum, I mean, pulling a vacuum with gauges is the biggest waste of time ever, okay? Yeah, you, you get paid by the hour. 90% of us get paid by the hour. That's great. Use your time to do something else. I want to get the job done as efficiently as I can. I want to go back home and see my family. I don't want to be stuck in a motor room wasting time waiting for a vacuum to pull through gauges when I could do it half the amount of time with core pullers and dedicated, a dedicated vacuum rig or like charging, like Brett said, dude, I pull the, I pull the cores in the case. I'm not lugging cans up to the motor room. I'm not, let's be honest. It's, oh, I'm lazy. it's slow. It's, you're going to get hurt eventually carrying jugs up. Mm-hmm. It's going to take double the amount of time, make them pull a section of the case. And if it's got a hand valve there and a liquid trader tap, amazing. Pull the, shut the hand valve off and jam it in the liquid line. No, no throttle, nothing. Just let it all rip through the liquid line, you know, if you're in a case. I mean, it'll go so quick because it'll suck it right through, and then it'll go through the evaporator, and it's going to evaporate. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. If there's only a Schrader tap of the suction, I'm jamming it in there, too. See, if I'm if I'm on a rack uh, store that has, you know, two different racks, you know, and I'm with an apprentice, I will make him take it up there um, to start. Because I don't want him, you know, especially if you have two racks with two different gases and, you know, he's an apprentice, so he doesn't know, you know, things to really look out for. I don't want him, you know, contaminating one rack with another because he, you know, decided to, you know, be the lazy way, like, you know, what we're talking about and putting the wrong gas in the wrong damn rack. Yeah, I, obviously that that's a problem. So, I mean, you just got to be smart about it. And then, like, collecting, like, long hoses, 3 eight hoses. I mean... It is a pain to get contractors to pay for hoses. Let's just be honest here. I mean, try to bill them out in jobs. I'll tell you what, like, that is probably one of the biggest time-saving things that I have in my van, and I know you have it too. Like, I have a ton of 3-8 hoses. I have over 300 feet of 3-8 hoses in my van. I had had a chiller at a chocolate plant in, in Pennsylvania, and I absolutely refused to carry everything up. I was changing out an expansion valve. So, obviously, I needed my reclaimer because you can't pump down a chiller fully. Um, and I basically just ran, you know, a, a three-eighths line from the top all the way down just so I wouldn't have to, you know, yank up my, my recovery cylinder. Even when I was going, you know, filling the damn thing with nitrogen, you know, I just had a, a hose up there and filling that up that way because I, you know, I wasn't about to carry everything down. I mean, it's still doing the same damn thing. Yeah, I mean, if you guys can find them and bill them out, I mean, bill the customer for it. I mean, it's a safety thing. A lot of times, then carrying jugs up. Get three eight hoses. I mean, find some. I have half inch hoses too, but that, I mean, that's a whole nother thing. Like, I'm doing rapid recoveries of, of racks, and I'm not hiring a, a contractor to do it. I'm doing it myself. So that's where that comes in. Mm-hmm. But get some bigger hoses. Get longer hoses. And then, I mean, ditch the gauges. Gauges, I know Brett is super old school about this because he's <laughs> old. Um, so, like, gauges. I don't have a single set of gauges in my van, and I haven't had a set of gauges in my van for five years. They take up space. They bounce around in your truck. They get beat up. There's no point in having them. Once you learn to use probes or other stuff, using probes, I use probes and core pullers. I don't have to bring a set of gauges in with me. I throw a hose in my bag. I keep a six-foot refrigeration hose in my, in my veto bag. And then on my quick diagnostic bag, I have, like, a TP4. I have it wrapped around the, uh, the hanger in there. So, like, it's wrapped around the back of the thing, so I, uh, the bag. So I always have a hose with me. And I always have two core pullers. 
and I just hook the probes up to the core pullers, and if I'm charging or recovering, I use the core pullers. I could pull a circuit down in no time using core pullers to recover gas out of the rack. And when I say recover gas, I mean I'm sucking it back into the suction header. I could pull – we were just doing a job at this rack retrofit. I was pulling down a system in five minutes or less. Oh, wow. With core pullers. Like, I – in five minutes or less, if – and that was all the way from the back of the store to the front of the store. Like the farthest case was five minutes. So what, I mean, cause I know you have that, that big, that big bastard, that Nivec uh, vacuum pump. But I have what, not used it yet. I was going to say, what vacuum pump are you using when you're doing, when you're doing oh. stuff on, on service work? On the va- oh, vacuum pump. Yeah. So I had a field piece. Uh, I forget the model. It's, it was their eight, their, the older eight CFM. We just, all the startup guys just got 10 CFMs. Oh, okay. uh, field piece ones. Yeah. It is like four pounds lighter than the old one. Oh, wow. It is like 10 pounds lighter than a JB. Like it is half the weight. Yeah. They, they're great. So I use the field piece vacuum pumps. Now, the reason I like the field piece vacuum pumps is all the ports come off the side mm-hmm. and it's extremely easy to use dedicated uh, vacuum hoses because they come off a side. I was going to say, because you use all the, all the, uh, the blue, uh, blue vac. Yeah. The blue vac uh, vacuum hoses. So I'm sure that's, that's super easy for you to, to attach everything right up to the front. Yeah. If you're using like an old school, like JB, yeah. everything comes with that same port. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a pain right there. Yeah. So what we're doing is like coming off a side, it makes it so much easier doing, doing it that way. Yeah. 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 So it, it just, it just ends up working better because it's it's coming off the side, so like that's what I like to use, and it's small yeah. and it's light. Gotcha. I will say this though: the only thing that we've had problems with is the oil tipping off the back because if the the back port, if you're carrying it up and you're not careful, the yeah. oil tips off the back. So yeah. what we did is we got some hose garden hose shutoffs. Yeah. So we're able to shut off the garden hose. Oh, to make sure it doesn't tip out. Yes. The other thing it does is it keeps the oil fresh. So obviously, the guys aren't changing their oil. Like, See, I've never asked the question if, if vacuum oil, I mean, is hydroscopic. I it mean, is. It is. So, I mean, obviously, they say you should change your oil every time you use the pump. Let's yeah. be honest. Super yeah. You guys aren't doing that. Most of these guys are changing their oil when it falls over to back the truck. I don't let, no. I mean, like, I'm, I'm Yeah. I mean, I, I do a lot of, like, I do a lot of brand new startups, so I, like, I have a deep understanding of vacuums and oil, and I can tell when it's going bad. That's the nice thing about the field piece pump. You can see it a lot clearer. Ke- Kevin tastes it. Yeah. tests to make sure, you know, if it's still good or not. Well, yeah, when it starts tasting acidic, you know, you gotta. <laughs> but the thing is about the field piece pump is it's, like, barely any oil. Tastes like a burnout. So a, a gallon of oil will last me, like, I don't know, months, yeah. two months. So like I, I I mean I'm sure you have because um, I've I've heard stories that you said but uh, you know the the first time that you're pulling a vacuum on something and you see the the oil turn like straight milky white is kind of <laughs> it's kind of scary <laughs> I had a a, a, ther- a thermal bank uh, Kramer uh, yeah Kramer thermal bank the the hot gas and I had uh, non condensables in it just something wicked everything was freezing up and. Oh my God! I, I must have changed out that oil several times. Or if you have a chiller rupture, that's always real fun too. You know, I've had where you know basically the the uh, condenser condenser water blew in, or I'm sorry, evaporator water blew in the evaporator, and I you know I ended up having to plug that. But I was pulling vacuums for days, and because it was a time sensitive thing, they were like, "We'd get it running." Well, there was still so much moisture in the system where basically it was creating snow in the uh, suction uh, suction screen in the back where the service valve is because of the Venturi effect it was doing. It was ridiculous. 
yeah, I mean, just getting pulling a vacuum efficiently is is all about your setup, hundred percent. Pulling through gauges wastes so much time. I mean, I'm I am I'm to the point now where I'm so anti gauges, like I don't want apprentices using them. Like I'd rather them get probes. I'd rather them really? learn, learn see, them I, probes. See the the thing is with with me like because. You know, your shit does the superheat and subcooling calculation for them. And that's that's one of the only things, like, I kind of want them to, to learn. And that's where you and I, you know. It's basic math. Let's be honest I here. know, I if, know. If, but if I, you I've cannot had, do basic math, you're not going to you're not gonna I, make it in this trade. But I've had guys, like, you know, brand new guys that didn't understand sub, superheat and subcooling and have shit on the wrong, on the wrong, ho, you know. Well, wrong. yeah, that's a problem. But, like, you got to beat that into them. No, I get it. I get it. I mean. If you if you can't do basic math, like I mean, all these guys are like, oh, you got to learn superheat and subcooling. If you can't do math, it's addition and subtraction. It's I mean, that's it. If you can't do addition and subtraction, we got a problem. My ten year old could do addition and subtraction. I mean, yeah, just learning where to put the the probes. I mean, that's one thing. But I mean, I, I will say this: like, it makes guys more efficient. Yeah, it does. I mean, when you could set a lineup of superheats in an hour instead of three hours, the guy mess around with the gauge, going to each one, moving a gauge, moving a, uh, a fluke temp probe. I mean, that's that's slow. Yeah. Let's be honest, that's slow. When you could do them all at once at the same time, mm-hmm. using Measure Quick, that's quick. So okay, on, I meant to ask you, on the Measure Quick app, you can use, uh, you know, one suction pressure transducer um, for, you know, three or four temperature sensors, right? So you Correct. can basically do a lineup. All at once, because someone asked me the one time, they're like, you don't put pressure, you know, pressure gauges on every single case. I said, no, that's pointless. Not if it's on the same lineup or, you know, if I'm diagnosing a problem where maybe there's like a pipe plug stuck or something. Yes. But like if it's a system that's been running for a while, you know, and I'm I'm supposed to even out the temps in the cases, I'm going to put one, you know, one pressure transducer, you know, on the lineup because they're all being regulated by either an EPR or CDS valve something. So, I mean, I know I should have the exact same pressure unless it's like a severe, severe problem. So, yeah, so the Measure Quick app is great. I, I've hounded them for like six years to make this work, and they finally did. So, with Measure Quick, you could use Sporlin, Testo, Field Piece. I think there's one more, UEI or something. I don't, Maybe. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't really pay attention to them. Um, like to their, I don't, I, I don't know if they have what they have, but okay, all those work in Measure Quick. Mm-hmm. Now, what you could do is. You could assign a field piece transducer. You could assign a Sporlin transducer, a Testo transducer. You could assign any of those transducers to that pressure for that evaporator. And then you could assign different temp sensors, whether it be if you have field piece, you have, say you have two field piece ones and two Testo ones, you could, okay, you could use all four. You could, you, you could intermix tools together in order to get your readings. So now you're able to do four superheats at once, okay? And all of them are listed out with your superheat and... You, it lists midpoint for the evaporator, so the midpoint's already on there, but it's calculating superheat with dew point. So you have that midpoint and the dew point reading, So oh, which wow. is important. I mean, it gives, you, it gives you a little bit of insight to both. But, I mean, obviously it's calculating a superheat for you. So now it's a lot faster. I mean, a guy is looking at that. Okay, I could open this valve a quarter turn, that valve a half turn. This valve is going to close a quarter turn. It makes balancing cases so much faster. And not only does that make you more efficient when you're able to balance cases faster like that you're possibly making more money for it you're making more money for yourself your boss and you're making yourself more efficient so this whole thing is just about efficiency like it's you know from the way you set your truck up 
to the way you have your tool bag set up, to the way you do jobs and grab materials for jobs. Like try to grab everything all at once and like try to minimize the trips back to the truck. Um, that's how I do it. And like the Vito makes a, a real great bag of tote. Everybody made fun of me when I first got it. It looks like a purse. It's like a giant tote. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, after a week, like five guys that work with me all bought one because it is the best thing ever because you could literally jam thing, this thing full of everything and you could lift things up to the roof super easy. I put compressors in it all the time, rooftop compressors. I put them in the tote. I hook it up. I can rope them up the roof. I can grab a tote easy and I can pull it out. It's great. So that thing, if I'm going on the roof, I'll slam it full of tools, parts, everything I need. And then I could grab that and I could walk up the motor room stairs with it. And I'm carrying, you know, 10, 15 things at once. Now I just save myself from walking up and down the stairs, you know, six times to grab all this stuff because I put it all in this tote and I have a shoulder strap on it and I'm carrying it upstairs. It's all about making your life easier. But in the same time, you're making your life easier. You're putting less stress in your body, but you're also making yourself more efficient in the same sense. So it ends up being better for you and everybody else. Uh, but most importantly, better for you. Yes. I mean, let's be honest. Everybody wants to get home and see their family or do extracurricular stuff. They don't want to be stuck in a motor room all day, every day. I mean, it's a miserable place. Yeah, agreed. Like, so just being more efficient and, like, just the way you lay out your trucks out, it doesn't have to be pack outs. It could be they make all kinds of rigid makes them, uh, Rayobi makes them. Everybody makes them. So just – Look at it from the way you lay your truck out. Make your life easier. Make less trips. You know, if you want to, if you're trying to get a raise, this is the one way to do it. Become more efficient. Become more effective. You know, and then show yourself that you're actually, you know, doing this. You know, have that conversation with your employer too. I mean, you know, just to tell them, you know, what's my billable efficiency? I mean, you know, there's so many KPIs. They'll be able to, you know, figure that out, and just be like, you know, make an agreement with them. Hey, if I increase my billable efficiency by 10%, you know, I want, you know, X amount of raise. I mean, that's a really good bargaining chip, you know, because a lot of these employers, they, you know, they dig numbers. Everything's KPI, collated, calculated. And sometimes this will give you the upper edge on trying to actually get a raise instead of being like, I need a raise. Well, yeah. why? Because I'm working harder. Well, give me some numbers to prove it. Well, this is one way that you actually could. Yeah, I'm, I'm working harder. Look, I've, I've become more efficient. Look, this is how I set up everything. This is how I'm doing these jobs. Look at my numbers. They look better. So everything looks better than it did before because I'm now more efficient and more effective the way I do my job. I mean, it makes your life so much easier. Well, guys, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. People hear you talking like that get everybody fired up. It's my shit. It's my shit. And I said, I ate some bananas. Holy shit, I never thought I'd see the day when two such highly reputable mischief makers as yourselves douse their drawers at the side of a mall security guard. Shit, bitch, we're gonna bust up that stage like a high school kegger. We're just gonna out with LaFour's X-Men style. Should I call you Logan, Weapon X? No, Wolverine, Snickety, Snickety, Snow.